The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Uh, Today, my guest is J.D. Gershbein, and he's the CEO of Owlish Communications, and a specialist in the art and science of LinkedIn marketing. Uh, JD, welcome. Thank you for having me, Tim. Great to be here. My pleasure. So I understand that you have, I always like to bring this out whenever I find fellow weird people, but a background similar to mine in a sense. Uh, You have some background in neuroscience and industrial organizational psychology, marketing. Um, Tell us kind of the path you took to get to where you are. Well, great question, and uh, I like to feel that I am eminently qualified to do what I'm doing today, Tim, in that the LinkedIn training and consulting and speaking that I do is kind of a kind of a seamless blending of all of what I learned in school and in high academics, uh, business writing and marketing and the psychology piece, and uh, of course, branding is a, a psychological phenomenon. I I became very interested in the ideas and behaviors around uh, social media, primarily LinkedIn uh, and social business. So what I love about what I'm doing now and what really drives the passion is that I'm able to do everything for which I've been trained. Well, it's it's kind of a rare breed that can say that. But, you know, I kind of find the same thing. I have a combination of cognitive science and computer engineering, you know, hardware and wetware, as I like to call it. And they do combine in Internet marketing. So uh, tell us specifically what your company does for clients on LinkedIn. Why, Why do people hire you? What problems are they trying to solve? Well, we work with opportunity-oriented individuals and firms that wish to not only gain traction on LinkedIn, but really put their best forward in business and leverage the platform to its maximum potential. Uh, I started writing LinkedIn profiles for some of my colleagues, and uh, that kind of mushroomed into a a full-blown content practice where uh, I would write LinkedIn profiles and uh, consult with people on best practices in personal branding. And it evolved to business development training and uh, eventually speaking. So uh, I am platform specific to LinkedIn, Tim, and work with companies in a multitude of industries that really want to leverage LinkedIn in the best possible way for competitive advantage. Right. So, we, you know, we've, we've talked about, I mean, obviously, landing page optimization. This show is focused on online conversions and trying to accomplish your goals. So let's break it down into two parts. We have the individual trying to do the personal branding and then the companies trying to represent themselves on LinkedIn. What are their kind of specific measurable objectives? Can you do that or is it just great branding? Well, great branding certainly plays into it and LinkedIn is unique in the social media uh, arena. All social media sites share common characteristics. There's a central core of information 
a profile from which radiate out links to remote sites on the internet and to which emanate sites uh, or links from other sites. So there's this, uh, obviously, this crossfire and triangulation of, of content. But what people want to do on a LinkedIn profile is ascertain uh, a glimpse, a snapshot, uh, a thorough representation of someone professionally as quickly as possible. Uh, and there's a lot of things operating on LinkedIn that allow us to do that. Uh, it is without a doubt the most flexible and elastic of the profiles available to people in social networking allows for great uh, um, expansion of content, compartmentalization of information, and really presents us in our best possible ways in business. Okay, um, so really it's, a, you know, I hear you saying that and one of the components of conversion, if I could tie it to that, is you know, creating credibility and trust. You know, one of the things I notice all the time happening with LinkedIn, you know, of course, we're a business-to-business agency that people will contact us, but I noticed that in the few days leading up to that, they've checked out specifically my LinkedIn profile to kind of see if I'm full of crap or not, I guess you could say. Well, absolutely. I mean, the the conversion process really takes hold on a LinkedIn profile. Uh, Job candidates are literally ascending to the top of the ranks uh, through careful, repeated reviews of their LinkedIn profiles. If you're a salesperson being vetted to sell a product uh, or a service or uh, position yourself as a partner for an enterprise, uh, these are associations and impressions and perceptions that are being made on you solely on the basis of the LinkedIn profile. And I find it remarkable personally, Tim, that people can usher themselves into business opportunities that would have otherwise not existed strictly through the content they provide on their site. Okay, well, let's switch gears to talk about the companies. What are companies doing on LinkedIn? Well, about 18 months ago, LinkedIn made their company profile much more robust. It's now called the LinkedIn company page, whereas it was once called the LinkedIn company profile. And it's now so much more than just a place to repurpose uh, a piece of collateral. Uh, You are now able to bring in aspects of your products and services. You can actually gain recommendations as a company and build brand through the company portal that way. You can also uh, accrue followers to your company so that uh, others who are out there who are interested in the way your company operates, uh, who may be looking to get into that company to uh, either as an employee or to sell a product or service, can track the people flow. It shows the position of people in your network. And you can also post updates through the company uh, update portal. So now the company, as well as the individual, can post updates. And yeah, also- one, of the, one of the things that we do on the, uh, on the site tuners company pro- page is that we list some of our services, and we, when clients have completed a project with us, we ask for recommendations. So, for example, our express review, kind of this uh, interactive landing page review that we do, we have over 40... Uh, testimonials, I guess you could say, or recommendations on LinkedIn. And since all of those people are verified, that's a very high level of trust. Uh, Great point. And I would have to say that the LinkedIn company presence has been one of the great evolutions of LinkedIn as a site to really enrich the user experience because it used to be you'd mouse over a company and you would just see some basic stats about that firm. And now when you go to the company page, if they've taken the liberty to really make it robust and broaden it out, you can see all the products, all the services. You can even link to a blog if a company is running a blog internally. And all of this when you're talking about conversion science 
kind of creates an era of authority and, and a real energized corporate brand uh, through which all of the individual profiles can be raised as well. So what I hear you saying, J.D., is that basically LinkedIn is your best foot forward. It's kind of like a permanent resume that's out there for both you and your company, and it continues to kind of build the credibility and authority over time as other people recommend you or your company services. Uh, so it's a, basically a place for people to check you out before doing business with you, either as an individual or a company. Is that a fair way to sum it up? Without question, uh, it's a very versatile branding platform, and since so much of branding can be accomplished uh, outside your control, you're really dependent on the perceptions and impressions you're creating. And on a site like LinkedIn, where the context is all professional, uh, that's where you want the perception to be. Uh, your, uh, your estimation as the logical candidate to provide the service or sell the product or, or be the enterprise partner. All right, terrific. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back after a couple of minutes uh, after a word from our sponsors, and we'll talk some more about how to do this. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Are you still wasting marketing dollars on non-performing online campaigns? Then it's time you learn about conversion rate optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference Chicago happening on June 25th to 26th. Hi, it's Brasco for WebmasterRadio.fm here to tell you about the first ever conversion conference in Chicago. Here's your chance to learn from leading conversion experts like landing page optimization guru Tim Ash and the doyen of internet marketing, Amy Africa. In two days, two days, you'll get the tools and strategies you need to take your conversion rates and revenues to a whole new level. Imagine 20 sessions with 20 conversion authorities packed into two amazing days at the Hyatt Regency McCormick Place. Plus, WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a 10% discount on their pass. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with promo code WMFM or click on the Conversion Conference banner on the WebmasterRadio.fm website. What are you waiting for? Save your seat to Conversion Conference Chicago 2012 and sign up now at ConversionConference.com. Warning! 
Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And I'm talking with J.D. Gershbein, the CEO of Owlish Communications. And uh, we are talking about LinkedIn. So we understand what LinkedIn is. Um, the question I have for you now is kind of a, I want to hear best practices and worst practices for LinkedIn. And let's focus on companies because I think it's great. Everybody can have their, their personal brand. I'm not trying to minimize the importance of that. But I just want to talk about for businesses. Let's do. Let's start with um, worst practices. Uh, can you give me a couple of worst practices that you see companies doing all the time? Well, you know, when you're talking about what companies are doing on LinkedIn, a lot of it revolves around through that company portal. And uh, one of the mistakes that I'm noticing more and more that companies are, are, are not addressing is how their employees should behave and operate on social media sites. Now, on a site like LinkedIn, where the context is professional and there's a certain gravity to the messaging, uh, you're not going to see too many people implode. On, on LinkedIn. I mean, that's somewhat reserved for Facebook, is it not? <laughs> or MySpace. <laughs> but, or MySpace. But, but you, <laughs> you, you do see a lot more companies uh, starting to uh, address the tsunami and the revolution of social media. They are uh, producing social media policies. Companies operating without a social media policy nowadays are, uh, are, are running the risk of being left behind. So when you address the greatest mistake part of your question, companies not giving their full attention to what is happening in the space and losing opportunities almost on the hour by not presenting well and having their key employees, those with the high client interface, uh, represented well. Uh, now again, LinkedIn is a personal branding platform first and foremost, so it behooves the individuals, those of high profile, to be represented well on the site because that's okay. where the individual marketing comes in as well. Okay, so you have the combination of the individual feeding up to the company, but you're, I hear you saying, so you have to have a policy. Now, what are some of the things that those policies should contain? What are some of the problems that not having a policy creates for a company? What have you seen that is kind of a, as close to a, an implosion or an individual you know, going on the record with the wrong stuff? Or, uh, well, what's on the effect social- of not having a policy? On social, as you know, we are encouraged to be authentic and transparent so that the companies who are in full disclosure mode, the ones who are more transparent than others, are going to have a, an easier time on social because everything is laid out there uh, for public consumption. Uh, we didn't have this early going in social, but now you have a lot of people taking liberties on the site with content, the way they promote themselves, uh, the way that they are hijacking conversations, the way that they are censoring conversations, especially on Facebook. But in the LinkedIn space, uh, you, you really have to attend to a certain protocol and ethic and uh, rules of professional conduct, as they're called, RPC. And you're not only noticed if you don't subscribe to them, but you can quickly be uh, truncated or dispatched in the LinkedIn groups for them. Uh, LinkedIn group managers are noticing uh, 
you know, more and more aberrant types of, 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 of conduct in, in the groups. And it goes from a slap on the wrist to termination if, if you go across the line more than once. So um, LinkedIn is a politically correct forum. And you don't do things on the site that you wouldn't do, say, in the boardroom. Uh, or in, in on the meeting floor. So uh, the more people pay attention to the rules and the more people kind of figure out that these are the vagaries of human relationships and you're going to be responded to in different ways by different people, uh, you can aug- augment the way you communicate on the sites. Okay, so there's a couple of things that you said. I mean, one, basically, just to kind of re- recap, it's a um, LinkedIn is professional, stuffy, and boring, and don't do anything non-corporate on it. Well, you don't want to ruffle feathers, that's for sure. You absolutely don't want to ruffle feathers. Because, I mean, it reflects on your professional reputation. Now, we haven't talked about forums or groups yet, but uh, LinkedIn does have the ability to join interest groups or uh, of various kinds. I belong to my University of California, San Diego alumni group, uh, conversion rate optimization, conversion conference, uh, in addition to companies, there can be these communities of interest. Let's talk about those. Sure. Uh, people join groups on LinkedIn for various reasons. Those who are prone to uh, to seek out communities of like-minded people, which does satisfy our basic needs as humans to to interact in tribes, so to speak. And being in your primary market, your secondary market, even a tertiary market, uh, very valuable because of the industry expertise. And everybody's agenda on the groups is different, especially in their primary markets. But we all want to be perceived as thought leaders uh, or subject matter experts and and go-to resources. These are the terms that are emerging through carefully planned conversations and discussions and respecting your fellow members in the groups. You also want to join the alumni groups, as you mentioned, sports groups, uh, religious affiliations, um, hobbies, interests, personal pursuits, uh, non-business pursuits. And there are wonderful areas of conversion to explore uh, for being in groups where the talk isn't business and you're just communicating with people as two human beings and you're putting out stuff for discussion and just exchanging ideas. But let's, let's, how broad is that? I mean, uh, when you think about it, like you said, I think of LinkedIn as being for business. So if I'm going to be doing a webinar or I have some announcement to make or some company news, uh, that's where I would go. And I would, of course, post to the appropriate groups that I'm a member of. But I wouldn't think to go to you know vegan cooking group on LinkedIn. I just, it's just I, that's not the brand. The brand is business-related stuff. So how thriving are the non-business parts of the of the groups they're very thriving and i i i can speak from experience uh, you're with people who share a common interest and the focus is not business early on in fact one uh, one tenant that i embrace in working with all my salespeople especially is to not sell right off the bat in the groups you have to build trust and rapport and you know the cliche tim we only do business with people we know like and trust and on the groups, getting to the KLT aspect of the sales process is is a little quicker because you're you're talking about fine wine or gourmet cooking uh, or certain breeds of dogs or music uh, or sports. Uh, that is a, a common ground around which people bond. And once you have that sense of familiarity, you can introduce a business dialogue into the conversation and propel it more smoothly. And I have uh, personally. Uh, executed some nice conversions and become tightly knit connections with many people I've met in non-business groups. 
Okay, let's talk about the so there's the kind of the soft aspect of it where you uh, give to get, you start uh, listen by listening, you join the conversation, and only then when you actually have a relationship with someone do you inject kind of a personal note or probably a side note. You wouldn't do it in the group. You'd probably do it via direct messaging, right? Yeah, I mean, you, the goal of any group interaction is to become a first-degree connection with someone. Uh, the mistake, you're going back to your question about the mistakes, uh, the mistake that I see more often than any, especially in the groups, is people just coming on too soon with a sales pitch. And it, in fact, does stigmatize the whole LinkedIn experience because people just view that as a, uh, just a platform of shameless promotion. So by building rapport and developing trust, making sure that you've set your LinkedIn profile up as a learning platform so people can realize what you're all about before they start having a discussion with you on and off the group, you've set yourself up to be learned about and you've you branded well. Yeah, and so here, uh, here's a couple other personal things to avoid, I think. Uh, one, one thing that I get often, uh, maybe it's because I do have kind of a higher profile is that people ask me for recommendations, but they ask me for recommendations. There's three categories. People I've actually worked with, those that are professionally, uh, that I know professionally, but I haven't worked with, and those that I don't even know that, you know, I just connected to on LinkedIn because they asked at some point. And I just, uh, uh, for the people in the third category, basically I always just report them as spam. If someone asks me for a recommendation they, and they've never even met me, that's a problem. <laughs> if you need my recommendation, you know, you, you're doing the wrong things on LinkedIn. And for the second category, I just politely tell them that if you're, you know, I, you seem like a nice person, but I have nothing to base a professional recommendation on. If we ever work together, that can change. Uh, what do you think of kind of my triage and my responses <laughs> to those situations? Well, you're a man who's clearly defined his personal rules of engagement on LinkedIn, which is very important. And, and another, getting back to your question on mistakes, uh, people sometimes don't define their rules of engagement and they become very anxious or, or stressed or, or, or develop consternation over someone who's asking them for a recommendation when no recommendable basis exists. Uh, obviously, if you've provided a, a service or sold a product, and you have delivered your end of the bargain and have done so to merit a recommendation, uh, absolutely, the recommendation is important. It's, uh, uh, in my opinion, a validation uh, of the transaction. And in essence, LinkedIn recommendations, Tim, are consumer reviews on business people. And you want people to know that you've had a good experience. And when the recommendation speak really flows, uh, your words are actually selling that person. So understandably, you, you need to recommend people where there's a recommendation basis. And not, and conversely, not to do it if there isn't. Would that be a fair corollary? Uh, absolutely, but also don't make the person feel bad uh, you, by saying something like, uh, you know, Tim, uh, I'd be happy to, to issue a recommendation, uh, provide an endorsement if I, if I knew you better. Uh, currently, uh, the nature of our relationship does not preclude a recommendation. At this yeah, time, so, so a soft kiss off. 
Uh, well, you never want to you never want to step on toes, and you certainly you know the the recommendation request comes from a place of people you know really asking you for a, a favor for help, and maybe in their minds they perceive the nature of the relationship to be more endorsable than you, and uh, you never want to make people feel bad for asking you, but uh, at the same time when a recommendation is justified, you really want to take the time and make sure your words uh, really sell the person and their products or service. Fantastic. Well, we're going to uh, go out to another break here and uh, hear from our sponsors. After we come back, I want to hear about one of your non-business activities. I understand you're kind of a kick-ass blues piano player. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that after the break. Uh, this is your host, Tim Ash for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, talking with J.D. Gershbein. Uh, J.D., before the break, I'd mentioned that uh, I understand you have some musical inclinations. Tell us about your, your blues piano obsession and how that came about. <laughs> well... That's a good question. I'd have to take you back to when I was nine years old. A small black child, right? 
well that well I could be in my next life I'm coming black I'm coming back as one of those people who were in Clarksdale Mississippi uh, at the start of the of the blues movement but uh, <laughs> um, it, it goes back to when my my parents uh, wanted me to play the piano uh, got me a piano teacher who wanted me to play classical music and stuff I really didn't want to play so I rebelled I'm a rebellious kid in those days, and I didn't want to play some of the stuff I was being introduced to and wanted to tinker around on my own, but fortunately learned enough uh, of the scales, of the chords, to to be a, a pretty good improviser. And uh, always carried the skills around with me, and in high school, um, started playing a lot at parties in college, uh, worked my way into a band for a while, and uh, I've just kept up with it. I... I try to play as often as I can. I've even incorporated a little bit into my practice. I, I do have a song called The LinkedIn Blues, which I, I may <laughs> play at some point down the road. But, wow. Uh, well, what, what, what uh, can you say? Uh, by, uh, by the way, I don't... could say after that, but um, I, I, I really love it. Music is a great outlet. Um, those who uh, are still active uh, and play music when they were uh, musicians as kids uh, can identify with that. And... Um, it's just something I enjoy, and music is very important to me. Well, well, that's a yeah. It's a my brother is the musician on our family. I'm the visual artist, but I I do enjoy music. If you go to my Facebook page, I know we're talking about LinkedIn. If you're a friend of mine on Facebook, check out my videos. I have one, a great one of uh, blues in Toronto. Actually, there you go. Uh, and, we uh, have to remember, Tim. Uh, I am from Chicago, the home, the home of the blues. Come on. <laughs> I think people in New Orleans might argue a little bit with you on that one, but hey. Well, that, anywhere up but That's up probably down. a local bias. Uh, well, well, let's talk about specifically um, – so we talked about some worst practices. Let's take it out on a high note. T- tell us uh, a couple of best practices that companies should be doing on, on LinkedIn and, and maybe tie that to what they're doing off of LinkedIn. Well, again – LinkedIn is is really a, a site at which the personal brand really comes into play here. What a company can do is, quite frankly, and this sounds easier than it than it's going to appear, but put their best people in position to succeed on LinkedIn. The higher a person has in a, in a client interface or a selling situation or a marketing situation, B two B companies especially, these people should really look good on LinkedIn and there's just no substitute for positive branding and doing the right things in communication and messaging. Um, messaging today is really the most sought after strategy because quite frankly, Tim, people get on, they may do some things with their profile, they look good, but they just can't communicate with others on the site. Uh, when you talk about best practices, you talk about making people feel good for inviting you, uh, thanking them when you accept their invitation, and always personalizing every correspondence. Never, ever phone in any kind of message that comes through to you from LinkedIn. It is really the sound of the cash register going off because, as you know, and I'm not telling our listeners anything they don't know either, Our future in using all of this social stuff and even off of social in business is going to be driven and dictated by our relationships. So LinkedIn as a relationship accelerant, uh, a business development enhancer, all of that is solely dependent on how we communicate on the sites and make people feel good about doing business with us. 
personalize every invitation, make people feel good about connecting with you, leverage your network only after you've nurtured them along a little bit and provide value along the way. Um, don't be a shameless promoter. Don't be a spammer. Uh, respect the LinkedIn groups. Respect the sanctity of the LinkedIn recommendation, as we spoke about earlier. Um, and be vigilant on the site. D develop the kinds of habits on LinkedIn that will put you in revenue-generating situations. Learn from the site. There is so much going on on your homepage right now. If you took the time to really focus on where people are directing you, who they're connecting with, what they're saying, the conversations as we call them in social, uh, business intelligence is the most powerful commodity in professionalism today. Well, I think that the bottom line on this is um, you have to pick where you're going to invest your social media energy. And uh, I think, you know, for example, I hate to say this, I'm not on Google uh, Plus, for example. Um, I'm not on MySpace. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And those are my, my kind of my chosen platforms. Whatever platform you're going to do, I think the key is really to invest the time and attention and to do it well. Don't do things half-assed. Is that, is that a fair point? Uh, that is extremely fair to say. And in the case of LinkedIn, where there's a little bit more at stake at times, uh, and you really shouldn't take any liberties with your content, uh, that's where you really want to have the, the professional feel and the, and the gravity to, uh, to, to your brand. And, and all of them can be hubs. And, and LinkedIn as a marketing and a content hub is, uh, is second to none in business. Well, it's fantastic. I think that's a great note to wrap it on. J.D., thank you for being our guest. Uh, if you want to learn more about the uh, anatomy of a LinkedIn group conversion, I strongly suggest you attend J.D.'s session at the upcoming conversion conference in Chicago here in a little bit. If you want to save $100 attending the conversion conference, use the, our Webmaster Radio promo code when you register, and that's WMFM. That's right, WMFM, and I hope to see you in Chicago. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more interviews from Conversion Thought Leaders. J.D., thank you very much. Tim, thank you very much for having me. This was fun, and I'll look forward to seeing everybody at the Conversion Conference in Chicago. 